Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, we have a great show for you. We have Alexandra Kay coming on. And when you look at what she's done, she's done some amazing things in, in her career so far. And we're excited to hear parts of her story, hear parts of her music, and just overall parts of her life. Alexandra, you're here. I am. Thank you so much for having me. We love we love that you're coming on. You know, guests like you make our show great. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so as we get started here a little bit, I always like to have the guests tell a little bit about themselves. So tell us, tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview about you, just to give people an idea of. Because I, I like to get into details of not just about music, but I like to know who the artist is. Sure. Well, my name is Alexandra Kay. I am a country music singer-songwriter. I'm from a small town in Illinois, right on the Missouri-Illinois border called Waterloo, Illinois. Um, I've been singing since I was about 14, writing songs since about the same. Um, I love coffee. I love Jesus. I love laughing. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I absolutely love music and, and country music, especially has had my heart since I was a young girl. So, um, I'm, um, no matter what, what ends up happening later in my career and right now I'm living the dream. So <laughs> that is amazing. So what's something quirky about you? I always like to get started with something fun. Oh, something quirky about me. Um, well, I love, I'm, I'm really obsessed with, um, with, I get like really, really engulfed in, in TV shows every once in a while. Right now I'm like really obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race and I've been like walking around the house going, it is time to lip sync for your life. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like totally obsessed with, with RuPaul's Drag Race right now. Like my fiance is like, oh my gosh. You are becoming RuPaul. I'm like, I know, I'm obsessed. I want to be a drag. <laughs> so, so he's probably telling all his all his buddies, um, get me out of here. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He's like, oh my gosh, my fiance's driving me insane. I feel like I have a bunch of different, a bunch of different personalities. <laughs> you know what's funny? Depends what day it is. <laughs> what's <laughs> that's good. What's funny is my wife and I been married over 17 years now we've been a 24 7 couple our entire marriage all these people that are now being a 24 7 couple for this limited few months time they're like freaking out and standing like oh welcome to the world welcome to our world right exactly (laughs) i know and and my my fiance and i have been the exact same we've always been Mm -hmm. that couple that we've been together for eight years and um, mm-hmm. um, we've always just been that couple that really just like like loves being together. I mean, we we don't really go out without the other. And if I'm going out with my friends, I always invite him. Mm-hmm. And if he's going out with his, he always invites me. And same here. So um, I'm honestly enjoying this time with him, like being locked in the house with him. <laughs> I love it. I'm obsessed with him. So <laughs> you, you know, the sad part is, um, I think it was. I forget which show it was. One of the past shows this week, where the artist was talking about they were watching some show on TV, and they were talking about the stats and the number one question that people are calling in asking how they handled 
they're having a hard time handling the conversations with their spouse now because they're used to they don't talk because yeah. they work each each work 60 hours a week or so and so really it's like an open shut door type thing they come they kiss they say good night and that's about it now they're like stuck in the house together so they're calling into some of these uh, therapy show things and it's like what do we do i don't know what to talk about i don't know him i don't know her and that's sad <laughs> Well, you know, I, I honestly feel like I am absolutely enjoying that. Me, I'm a very talkative person. I'm a very emotional person. I love getting into, like, deep soul-level conversations with people. My fiancé um, is not so much like that, so I'm probably getting on his last nerve. But, um, but you know, honestly, like, we know each other like the back of our hand and um, – yeah. and, and still to this day, I learn something new about him every day that that I That's love. Awesome. So um, I've enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, Sandy and I are like that too, but both of us love to talk. I probably talk more. <laughs> um, like like um, for years, um, for 17 years of our marriage, we would be out and about. And yeah, if really? I run into somebody, and, and I'm not talking about running into friends here, that would be different. Talking, if we're on the street somewhere and we and I end up striking a conversation with somebody, she already knows if it goes to even a little bit of a deep level, we're there 60 minutes. It's over. <laughs> She's not going. We're not going nowhere. And and I've done that thousands of. <laughs> you know what? Though and, I love people like that. I love I love people like that. And Indiana is one of these. My fiance's name's Indiana. He is one of these <laughs> people where um, he's very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And he's very mm-hmm. funny and quirky, but he does not know a stranger. You just reminded me yeah. so much of him when you said that because, I mean, we'll go out <laughs> on the town or something, and he'll go outside for a second and come in with a new best friend that he needs to introduce me to. And I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that that's a good quality to have, especially in music. Yes. Because music is all about networking. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and I think I think that um you know, he really helped us a lot because mm. as much as I'm an extrovert and in certain ways I'm also very introverted sometimes mm. and he helped us a lot when we had to move out to LA in order to shoot West Side. I spent a lot of time alone in those first few months of shooting that show mm. and living in Los Angeles. And when he moved out there. I had more friends than I know what to do with because he, he made them all for us, you know. <laughs> so uh, he got us acclimated pretty quickly in the city, and uh, and we go back and visit our friends all the time. <laughs> That's pretty. Now I know you were said you were a teenager basically when you started singing and all that. But what age, what age were you when you when you said you know what? I know I want to do this rest of my life. What point, where did, when did that come? You know what? I had a moment in high school. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I was a freshman, or I could have, maybe a sophomore. Um, but I had a moment when we had this thing in school called rock band. And although I'm mm-hmm. telling you that I was singing since I was 14, um, it was something that I loved, but I didn't really start sharing it with anybody until I turned about 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. um, and those were the years that I really started to blossom and figure myself mm-hmm. out as a musician. 
But when I was in high school, um, there was this thing called rock band, and they were up there, and there was this girl. She had an incredible voice. And they were putting on this show in the gym, and she just had the attention of every single person. (laughs) And we were all just so captivated. And I was like, this is, that is what I want to do. I want to perform in front of people. I got to get past this stage fright and I got to gain some confidence and just do it. But Uh that was, I actually saw her out a years ago and I told her that story and I was like, I know we didn't really hang out, but I just have to tell you this because you inspired me so much in that moment. And that's when I kind of decided I'm going for it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you're talking about stage fright. I remember about 15 years ago, um, I was helping, Sandy and I were helping a young professionals organization get off the ground here in Savannah. <clears throat> and of course I was considered young professional then. I'm not now. I'm kind of aged out of that group, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was co- considered it back then. And they had three of us kind of scheduled us to do like a five minute small speech. Anything you wanted to talk about. I'd never spoken in front of people before. Um, I learned two big lessons, really three big, big lessons, but two, two lessons before the speech started. I remember the day of I changed my um, speech. Lesson one, never change what you're going to say the day of. Right. Lesson two, don't make your very first speech in front of people that's 250 to 300 people. Big lesson oh one. So oh my God. I'm freaking out a little bit, <clears throat> and it was my turn. I get up on there, and I've got my notes in my hand. One problem, I couldn't read my notes because my hands were shaking. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it was I could not read nothing. And, and and the funny thing is, it's my story, so it's not like I should need the notes, you know. But I had them. Then they had a podium. I was like, okay, no big deal. I'll put I'll put them on the podium. And I'm a short guy. But yet the podium still only came to my tummy. So there was no reading. There was no putting it there. So I get up. So I finally say, oh, I'm just going to have to wing it. I was, you know, I, I know the story. I open my mouth. Nothing. Nothing comes out. Literally nothing. Oh. And oh, no. now we're talking, this is only five minutes speech, And I'm freaking. And, I'm, and all I could think about in that moment, because that was a defining moment in my life. All I could think about was if I walk off this stage, I'll probably never do this again. So I knew I had to somehow battle this through, no matter how bad it came. And I mean, Sandy was, Sandy told me later that she's like, she said, I was just so it's because I wanted to help. There was nothing I could do. I was on the front row, and I seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm here now. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. I was like, oh, I can't do the help. Hi, Sandy. Hi. And then we were like, we were probably a minute in, I would say, minute, maybe even a minute and a half. It was, yeah. it was probably the mm-hmm. longest minute of that crowd's life. It, but it felt like a <laughs> lifetime to me. Um, I finally yeah. took oh a deep God. breath. And and I guess this was I don't know if this was God or what saying in me. All I can remember is first thing that popped in my head, I spit out, and I just out the blue said, uh, I took a deep breath, said if y'all get nothing else out of this today, at least you get a good laugh. Everybody laughed. Mm-hmm. I calmed Burst down attention. and I and and I nailed mm-hmm. the rest. But that was a defining moment. Yeah, in my life, I think. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm speaking to everybody. And speaking of defining moments, did you, have you ever had a defining moment like that where you had to make a choice and it defined the next direction? Oh, um, yes, absolutely. I've had many of them, many of them in my career. I signed my first record deal when I was 20. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, that was, you know, dang, almost nine years ago. Um, and I, and, and, um, I was with this record label who was an R and B record label and Mm -hmm. really, you know, I was young and and I, I was really just getting my feet wet in the business and I took the first deal I could get. And I, I had my first single come out and it did really well. It charted and I was doing radio tour and everything, but, um, I was singing like R and B music. And I was mm-hmm. writing country music, but the production <laughs> of the songs, the production of the songs were like, basically it was like country lyrics with like R and B production. And I just okay. knew I was like, this is not right. And like my mm-hmm. heart was mm-hmm. just screaming for country music. And I was like, I need to yeah. go in the direction mm-hmm. that my heart is telling me to go. And so I had to make that decision to leave my, my record label. Wow. And my, wow. I remember my dad was in the meeting with me and my dad had told me the night before, he's like, this is a bad move. This is a bad move. Like, um, <laughs> and I was just like, I have to do this. I absolutely yeah. have to do this. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I was being utilized correctly. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't feel like I was being true to myself. And so I left, I cried. I felt like for a while that I made the wrong decision. And then I decided mm-hmm. to start doing Facebook um, like cover videos on Facebook, and then I it just was a snowball effect, and it was honestly it ended wow. up being the best decision I ever made. And, and you know, talking about that authenticness, um, I remember before we launched the show, of uh, I asked a friend of mine from Nashville, what advice would you give us? And this kind of plays right into that, because I, I asked him, what advice would you give us on a, as we get to going on this? And he said the only advice I would give you is just be and stay authentic," he said. "Because he says you could t- you could tell Bobby Bone jokes, you could tell Ty Bentley jokes, and but you're not going to be them." So he says you might even create a fan base, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. The day's going to come when that fan base knows your real self. And here's the problem: when that day comes, they're going to leave you because they were never attracted to you. They were attracted to the fake you. So if you start Absolutely. out and stay authentic from the beginning, the you might grow slower, but the right audience will come. 100%. I have a couple words that I live by, and I try to to keep this in my brain one way or another every single day, whether I'm saying it in the mirror or I'm writing it down somewhere. Um, but if you are always 100% your authentic self, Mm-hmm. You have no competition. True. There is no one else mm-hmm. like you. There is no one else who is exactly who you are, who can give exactly what you can give, because God creates us creates us all different. Mm-hmm. And sure, it's up yes. to us to figure out who we're destined to be, but you're going to find that if you continue to be exactly who you are. Yep. And, and so you know, because I try to, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I just, I'm just saying, I just try to, I try to tell myself that every single day. <laughs> That's Trying good. to not blend in. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I believe in what you just said so much that I actually won't listen to other podcasts like mine because I'm scared that if I listen to another host that's now, not granted your Bobby bones and the big ones, that's different. I'm talking about people that are trying to make it like us. If I I feel like if I listen to them, I might tweak my show and then it'll be more like them. So I won't, you know, like I've had so many times where I've got a guest like you coming up now, granted your, um, your PR team knows how I run the show, so they don't they don't try to push anything. But I do have other other PR companies that will send me all kinds of links. And well, here's interviews this person has done. I just will not go to them beforehand because I don't right. want here. You know, let's mm-hmm. say that they asked one of the same questions that I do ask. Well, then I will probably take that out. And I'm not sure. You know, so then I then I did, then I create this whole mess of a show that I I know where I'm going. I know what what stories I'm going to tell in it, and, and, you know, and it, then it, all of a sudden it's no longer me. So I don't want to get influenced and by any other show. Now, like I said, I can listen to the big shows because I see them as a different. Now, probably if I ever get, if we ever become a Bobby Bones type show, I probably won't then listen to <laughs> the big shows either. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but we do our show different, you know. I remember <clears throat> when we first launched the Crystal Sandy show. I told Sandy, you know. I want, how are we going to be different? There's thousands of people that do this. And, of course, one way is we're married. I mean, I don't there, – there's like less than one – and it's probably a tenth of one percent of the hosts out there that are married couples doing shows together. That's way less. Right. That really makes us unique. Mm-hmm. But I wanted more, more unique than just that, and, and I was like, I know where I want the show to go. I want to give people long enough because, you know, most shows get 20, 25 minutes, if that. It's like, we want to give them long enough. We want to give them 60, 65 minutes, whatever it takes, to just get parts of their story out. Because from what I've seen, most shows don't get the up-and-coming artists' stories out there. The, the, the right. shows get the big artists' stories out there, but you don't see that on this level for the people that are trying to make it. And I was like, you know what? That's where we're going to be unique. We're going to help, the, we're going to help get those stories out. Right, and I love that. I love that, and I love how so far, and I know we've only been on the phone for about 20 minutes, but so far this feels very conversational. And and for somebody, I think that the way that you set it up and since you are, you are planning and have in the past had a lot of up-and-coming artists who might not have been through a PR training or who might not have interviewed a whole lot, you make it very easy for people to be on here and feel comfortable in order to share their story in a conversational way, instead of just a rapid fire question and on to the next. And I like to hear that. Sandy will be the first oh, to tell you that, that I thrive on it. Because that, that, that's my, yeah. you know, I watch sometimes the fans of artists that we bring on, and they kind of don't like what we do. Because I, I want it to be a conversation. I, I want it to be a dialogue. I want you to tell stories. I want us to tell stories. I want us to have a good, I want when you get off this, when you get off of this, you you feel like you just made a couple new friends. That's what I, I love want. that. And 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 like I remember, um, we did an interview for I think it was Jeff Coffee, and I went it and was, after he yeah. shared it, um, I remember going back to the um, thing and reading a few comments from his thread that he when he shared this. 
And I seen one comment that said, um, love the interview, but man, that host was windy. And I had to ask Sandy what that even mean. Me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I, like, asked, I, asked, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> I don't know long, what it means. Long winded. Yeah. Because we I'm like oh. long winded. Different phrasing, I guess, but we don't know exactly. <laughs> and, and what's funny, what's funny about that is I'm like, when, when Sandy explained what that meant, I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. That's my authentic self. I want it to be a conversation. Right? Yeah, but sometimes exactly. fans don't want to be at the conversation. Sometimes fans of artists only want the artist to talk, and that's not me. If, if, that, if that's the kind of show that an artist wants to come on, they're coming on the wrong show. <laughs> right, and well, you know what? I think so. it's also going to set you apart a little bit from from mm-hmm. like I said. If you're having up and coming artists, I think it's great because it gives um, the artist the opportunity to just have a conversation and be comfortable. But in if mm-hmm. you have yeah. an artist who, you know, like I've been doing interviews every single day. So yeah. if yeah. I, whenever I come across an interviewer who switches it up, mm-hmm. it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's so refreshing to have a conversation, to be asked new questions, and I love it. And, and that's something that I always – I love getting feedback myself. I love getting mm-hmm. feedback. I love constructive criticism, and um, I just love growing. And um, I always try, you know, to give the interviewer that as well. I'm like, you're, you know, you did a great job, and I love the questions you asked, and I'm feeling really great about yours, so I figured I'd just tell you that now. I think you're doing a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate that. So, You're welcome. So as, you look, so as you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? And I've seen some of your moments already on the thing. So I always like to allow the artist to lead us into those moments. Um, I have so many, and I love being <clears throat> able to say that. You know what I mean? I love being able to <clears throat> say that I had – so I've had so many moments where I just had, I just sat there and I lived in it because I was like, this is something that you, you need to remember for the moment mm-hmm. that yeah. I do have those low times when something isn't right or I'm feeling less than or defeated. And I really and, and have we'll been talk trying about, to And we'll live. talk about that in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just so you know that we always talk about the highs first. So, but then I go the other way because I know most hosts don't because I want to hear the struggles, the sacrifices too. But let's go with the mm-hmm. high end sure. first and then, and then we'll lead into the sure. other way. Yeah. Um, so I think that a couple, uh, one of those moments for me was when I was opening for Jody Messina. And mm-hmm. oh, well. she has been – I was born in the 90s. So I was born in 91. So she was – always on the radio in the car. And I looked up to her my whole life. Oh, yes. And I was opening for mm-hmm. her, and I was playing to this packed theater, and I was mm-hmm. debuting Dive Bar Dreamer, which is my current single that's out now, that I wrote about my yeah. life and my struggle of trying to come up in the music mm-hmm. business. And mm-hmm. in the middle of the song, the song was not even over, everyone stood up in the whole theater. And they screamed and clapped and I just wow. started bawling and I was just like <laughs> this was something that I had been waiting to tell this story for so long in order to tell it right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and it was such a triumphant moment for me to really just own 
who I am, where I've been, and the fact that mm-hmm. all of these people are up and screaming and, and, and supporting me <laughs> and supporting this song. It was something I'll never yeah. forget. Wow. And, wow. and, you know, and, then, and then one more was whenever we went and I saw myself on billboards plaster all over New York City and Times Square. That is something oh, I will wow. never, <laughs> ever forget. <laughs> and I try, oh, wow. to, I try to keep that in the back of my brain because that was the most insane thing. I just never thought that I would ever see. And so that was really, really cool. And see, I always like to talk about the highs first because they help you remember um, the moments when you're down because without the highs, it's really tough to get through the struggles. <laughs> and I always like to flip the script at this point where we, we go the other way, as I said well, earlier, and I'm going to tell a small story to help lead us in. This is where I kind of want this to go. We interviewed Allison Steele from two still girls back in 2014 when they were full time with music. And one of the questions I asked her was what advice would she give an up and coming artist? And she said, coming from, someone full-time, this is going to sound funny, but then she went on to say, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, as soon as you go full-time, it's a game changer. She goes, yes, this can be your passion, and it is your passion, but when you're full-time, it's also your job. She goes, you could have the worst day of your life today, but you got to gig tonight. you got to be on that stage and smile like it's your best day. She goes, you, 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 you no longer can make decisions completely on your own <clears throat> because you, you have to live for your audience even more than what you would if it was a hobby. She goes, even though me and my daughter um, are the front people of the band, she goes, our whole family's had to sacrifice. Everybody has to sacrifice to help you get to where you need to go. She goes, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because it's the only way those sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think what she said? And let's go there on that side of it. I think she's absolutely right. 100%. Um, we all know, we all know how hard it is to make money in music. And especially now mm-hmm. it's even harder um, with everything being digital. Um, the mm-hmm. only way that artists are really bringing in any kind of income is touring. And that has now been taken away over the last mm-hmm. few months. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're living in a really strange time where I'm sure there are a lot of people out there wondering if they made the right decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that coming out of this, you're going to have the people who really, really want it continuing on. Yeah. And what I was told when I first started this is that if this is really what you want, if you really want to do this for the rest of your life, you have to want it as much as you want to breathe. Yep. And that is the only way mm-hmm. that you will succeed. You have to want it more than anything. You have to be willing to give everything up. Otherwise, don't even give it a try. There's no point. Yeah. Because there yeah, is somebody uh, out there who wants it that bad. Uh, and they'll yep. get it. Mm-hmm. And I remember Eric Thomas, they call him E.T., motivational speaker. He, he, he always, that's one of his biggest quotes. I mean, it's about success in general. He says, do you know how bad you got? I want success. It's it's got to compete with you as bad as you want to breathe. Mhm. And so that Absolutely. if you don't want success that. that bad, you'll never get it. Or at least not at the high levels. Right. Because like you said, you can and get I small also success. Think, sure. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also think that another thing, um, in just speaking on the word success, I yeah. think that it's important for someone striving for success to figure out. To them. Because yep. if you're constantly saying, I want success, I want to be successful, but you don't know what that looks like to you, you don't have a goal. You're, mm-hmm. you're always going to be pushing. You're always going to be reaching for something. Figure out what success is. If I said success was signing to a major record label, then I've had success. You know what I'm saying? And that, yeah. that, was, that was five years ago what I thought success was. If I said I wanted a number one chart-topping single, which is kind of my success goal right now, that's mm-hmm. success for me. So I'm reaching yeah. towards something, and I'm never going to yeah. have that point where I'm just always wanting more, right? Because that's yeah. when you become mm-hmm. unhappy. Yeah. you got to put a yep. cap on it. <clears throat> and, and, you know, and speaking of the struggle side, here's another thing that I see people do, and I cringe. And if you, you know, you see people, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's in person, where well, need, artists need a real job, and I, and I hate that term. And I've told people, don't tell an artist to get a real job because they actually got something better, a passion that they're striving for. Because I think what happens a lot of times is people, and, they're, and I don't think they're intentional at doing this, but this is what I think that they do, um, that they used to have dreams, used to have passions, and they got beat up by life so much that, that they worked their way into this nine-to-five job rut. So now they believe in their mind, that since this nine-to-five job is good enough for them, it should be good enough for you too. Because if you want more, it makes them feel less, even though it shouldn't, because that's their choice. Absolutely. And I think that's what happens a lot of times. I think so too, and you know, I've heard that, and I've seen it, and I've Mm -hmm. hated it, and I I don't think it's fair, you know, and and the thing is, is that as artists and as mm-hmm. um, as social media personalities, if you want to call us that, yeah. because a lot of the times mm-hmm. what you see is what you get um, to mm-hmm. your audience. And so, um, you know, as somebody who can can reach a, a wide audience on social media, you can't you can't argue with people. It's just that you know it's yeah. a waste of time. It's a waste yep. of energy, and they're not going to get it because they don't want. And so it's just a matter of what I always told. What I, what I always tell people who want to go into the music business and who ask me for advice, mm-hmm. and or people who are just putting their music out there and they're getting some bad comments. You know what I always say? Mm-hmm. If you're getting hate, honey, you're doing something right. Because yep. if your mom yeah. and your grandma and your cousin <clears throat> and your best friend are commenting on your video. They're going to tell you how awesome you are, 24-7. Mm-hmm. But let you get somebody mm-hmm. in four states over who has no idea who you are and wants to get on and run their mouth, you're like, cool, I just made it four states over. Sweet. My music is now, expanding. Now, 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 if a Simon Cowell tells you something negative, you better listen. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I've been... I, I learned, I've learned um, in my career for sure. I always mm-hmm. keep my ears open to mm-hmm. people 
that I that I respect and that Mm -hmm. I really genuinely could learn from. And there are a lot of those people. Now some some random person in the state over who, you know, (laughs) has their dog as their profile picture and I don't you know what I'm saying? I have no well I I I've never met, I never know. Um it's saying you suck. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Your opinion. You know what I mean? But at the end of the yeah, day, man. I have always felt like that has something to do with them, not me. Yep, it does. I'll tell you what, I have happened. never, I have never on my worst day ever uh-huh. had the hankering to get on somebody's Facebook page and talk bad to them. Never. Yep. Not on my worst I'm the same way. Same here. And, and you know, mm-hmm. the crazy part is I've always been taught that you criticize in private and you praise in public. I hate these um, keyboard warriors that's got to criticize, right. you know, like, like I'll post something. Now, granted, I mostly delete people that do this. So my, my page, Facebook page kind of has thinned out to where I need to be where only get positive stuff. But I hate it sure. when you post something and people's got to say, I disagree with that and why and all that, or say I'm wrong. And, 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 and I'm like, and I'm always like, why can't you private message me that? Because, you know what, I don't sure. listen to people that's not pouring into me. And, 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 right. and, and I've asked them, I've asked them, and I've, and I've gotten flack for this, but I've asked people, why can't you post on a post of mine that you, to, that you have agreed with? Have I never posted anything you, uh, that, that I've never agreed with, that, that you've never agreed with? And they're like, oh, no, I, all stuff all the time I agree with you on. Well, why, why haven't you comment? I don't need to comment on that. Then I, that's when I know I'm I don't have the need. That's just, I just I don't have the want or the need to tear anyone down. Sure, well, I yep, maybe look at something and be like, oh, I wouldn't have posted that. You know what I mean? And move on? Sure. I mean, I would, yep. I, you know, I've done that in my head because I'm a human mm-hmm. being, but I have yeah. never mm-hmm. had the want to get on there and say something nasty to somebody. Never. And I really feel like when those moments come, there was Mm -hmm. a day, actually, I'll tell you guys this. There was a day, um, I think it was two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I have a text messaging number, which anybody listening, if you guys want to send me a text, send me a text. I have this text messaging number um, that is just strictly between me and my fans. And Mm -hmm. I also have, my Facebook, I have my Instagram, and mm-hmm. um, all the other socials. But I was kind of getting hit at all angles that day. Someone mm-hmm. <laughs> was saying, oh, my gosh, how dare you promote a single in this pandemic? You're all about money, which little do they know I make literally point zero 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 six cents per stream. Um, but, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's not about the money, honey, or I'd be doing something else. Um but it's uh but you know, like somebody was, was saying that and there was just this lady who was commenting on every single thing and then this guy sends me this nasty text message and I was getting it from all angles and I just broke down. Wow. This was last week. I cried mm-hmm. for about twenty five minutes and I'm usually a pretty strong woman. I don't think there's anything wrong with crying, but I just don't really mm-hmm. cry usually. And my yeah. fiance mm-hmm. was like, Oh no, what what do I do? <laughs> He's like, like trying to be there and rub him. He's like, you okay? Are you good? I'm like, I just need a minute. And, Mm -hmm. um, and what I do is, is I'll give myself that. 
Every once in a while, mm-hmm. I'll give myself that yeah. time to feel it all and, and, and live in it and learn from it mm-hmm. and move on. Yeah. But I think sometimes I push it back, I push it away, and I'm like, yeah, what do they know? You know, they don't, well, they don't, mm-hmm. you know, this, yeah. that, and that doesn't matter. But sometimes it all becomes too much. And when it does, yeah. I don't really push that away. I let myself feel it, and then, and then I yeah. move forward. So I think it makes me stronger, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm like you. I feel mm-hmm. everything. I mean, and, and I think I feel everything as a guy because I actually went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me 12 years ago um, from them. Wow. But when you go through addictions, it changes who you are, oh, especially 19 years' worth. And in the first five years of our marriage, it was hell for my wife because, you know, she had to put up with this. And we, and we went through a lot in that time. Now, I crossed lines. I didn't cross the cheating line, and I didn't cross the hitting line. So I never didn't cross it, but I did cross lines. But, you know, she sure. she never nagged me. She never put me down. She always uplifted me. She always was my little cheerleader trying to do everything she could to kind of pull me out of this and prayed hard to God. And and she leaned on God during that time. And when I tell our story a little bit, sometimes people – will kind of smirk and say, oh, she allowed you to walk all over her. Cause it, and it's usually women that say this, not men. <laughs> sure. <laughs> They'll say, oh, she allowed you to walk over her. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, she actually allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Because right. if she didn't do that, not only would we probably not be together today, we wouldn't have two kids, we, we, I'd probably be dead. Right. And I owe that to her. Absolutely. Wow, that is amazing. That is so amazing. <clears throat> so, so I mean, and again, it's one of them things where you just never know when God leads two people together. I, I truly believe that when, if, if it's a God-ordained marriage, that God leads two people to marry to help them heal each other. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. I love that. I'm learning so much. Know- I'm enjoying talking <laughs> to you guys so much. Thank you for this. It's so you know I'm getting ready to get married, and I just I'm just sitting here like oh, I, I'm I really am so happy that you're sharing this with me. So thank you so much. <laughs> you know the crazy part of our story is um back in you know we actually met online in, in uh, February second of '02. Of course it was taboo back then um, compared right. to now. Um, but we we met online mm-hmm. February second. We talked on the phone for the first time February fourth. February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. So we were meeting in person because she, she was in Kentucky and I was in Georgia. So she flew down mm-hmm. here so that we could see who we were going to marry. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> so we that were that crazy. crazy. <laughs> and, 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 oh, my and God. I'm so like, you guys, I, what's cool is yeah. that you guys connected, you guys connected um, via communication first. Yep. yep. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. And, and, and I, see, we, we talked for like four or five hours a night, every night on the phone. We did. For, for the whole that eight months that we, we were. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because I think we spent maybe 20, not even 20 days together face-to-face because no. she came down here for about four days. I went up there the follow, uh, either a month or two later the follow, uh, for about four or five days. And then she came down here like for four, four, four or five days, and that's it. And then we married October 5th. Wow. <laughs> so, 
you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I lost friends over that. I had so many friends tell me, oh, we're like, we just know that God, for some reason, called us together. Oh, no, that's crazy talk. I lost friends over that. And see, now we know mm-hmm. this was God-ordained because the one thing that Sandy can remember going through those first five years of our marriage when when I went through that hardcore addiction thing, I've been addicted for years, but it went really downhill when my mom passed away after six months of us marrying. And wow. she got through that because she really believed, she truly believed that God brought us together for a reason. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, my and gosh. If it, I believe if it weren't for that, she would probably divorce me. Wow. <clears throat> And here we are. And again, that, you guys here have we a are. great story. <laughs> and here wow. we are. In Oct- October 5th will be 18 years of marriage. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Congratulations. That is awesome. <laughs> and, and, you know, the funny part to this whole show thing is when, I, when we first met, I was one of these people that I was going to be a motivational speaker. I, I listen to audios all day long. She listens to music all day long. We marry, and we were like, oh, boy, um, how do we deal with this? Cause, <laughs> and so we had to come to a compromise. We listened to like 50% audio, 50% um, music, so to balance it out for each other so that we could compromise here. And I still believe in audios and all that, and I still, and I still will one day speak. I know, but it's cool that God was able to help us after 17 years of marriage to pull all this together, to pull all those conversations I had through the years, and to put it into a show to where I can thrive with my passion and she can thrive with her passion all in one. Oh, my gosh. That is too cool. That is so cool. <clears throat> and here we are. <laughs> and yes. you know what? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think it's time for a little quick break, and then we're going to play your song and get back to some music. How's that sound? Um, cool. <laughs> all, right, all right, well, hang on, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. But if it's alright, I like to sing your own song 
Because that's where we are, you know. You know, we launched the Christmas Sandy Show January third. Um, now, granted, we, you know, we we kind of relaunched New Country Buzz back in end of 2018. We originally launched 2014, but had to shut it down for personal reasons. But we felt like, you know what, we needed to do this, so we relaunched in 2018. But in the last year, I told Sandy we've got to do a show. Um, it's time to take it to that next level. And she kind of jokes, well, what would you name it? And I was like, the Chris and Sandy show, what else? You know, I was like, would people really listen? She was like, you know, because nobody knows who we are. It's like, it don't matter. Yeah. It worked for Bobby Bones. It worked for Ty Bentley. It works for all those. So, we, we, you know, right. we can do it too. And so you're, you know, we launched January 3rd, and you're, I think it's 81st or 82nd, 82nd interview since January 3rd. Oh, that's so cool. And that song, we well, feel like we're in. That's amazing. We, well, well, thank, we feel like we're in oh, that thanks. song. 
That's us. Yeah. We're trying to make this crazy dream work, this crazy vision work. Nobody believes in us except for Nashville people <laughs> and singers and stuff. <laughs> you know, but locally in Savannah, people think we're crazy doing this. People think we're wasting because, of course, we're putting more money in this than we're not making anything yet. You know, so we're putting all our money into this, hoping one day this show will be big. And Story I feel like life. that show is a, <laughs> and I and I feel like that that song. I was like, when when I first heard that song, I told Sandy, I was like, that's that is us to the T. And and it's always been us, not just with the show, but you know, in 17 years of marriage, we have not had regular jobs. We've done side gigs. We've done we've we've done 50, 100, 200 different businesses. We've tried this. Up it flopped. Tried that, made a little money. Then it flopped. We tried this and tried that and tried this. We we have went, but it, but we've always been able to stay afloat all these years. Right. <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because we try to st- stay this twenty four seven couple um, that I believe in and she believes in, and I don't push that idea on anybody. Like you know, if you want to be away from each other seventy hours a week, that's on you. I just won't do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm with you. Like I used to, before I started doing music full time, I was a bartender. And <laughs> so my fiance, Indiana, he works on highways and bridges and he, he has like a, um, I don't know. I think he, he's like usually seven to five sometimes later, but my <laughs> shift at the bar would start at four. And yeah. then I wouldn't get home until two o'clock in the morning, two or three in the morning, every single night. And we never <laughs> saw each other. And when I had the opportunity, once my career started to take off and I was able to switch mm-hmm. to music full time, I was like, mm-hmm. I will not let myself not be able to do this anymore because yeah. <laughs> I, I love mm-hmm. being able to be home with him. And sure, we have to spend time mm-hmm. away. I travel all the time. But yeah. the going mm-hmm. weeks without ever even seeing each other was heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, I, yes. We definitely mm-hmm. get that, you know, we because, do. again, you know, it's funny, you know, when, when I always felt like God told me my wife was online back in 2002. And, of course, I lost friends over that comment, but I just felt like <laughs> he said that. And and I'm like, how will I know? And he's like, she will stand out. So I had this crazy deal breaker. Now, granted, you had to be a Christian. That was number one. But I had this crazy deal breaker that some people say, well, you, I probably let a lot of good women go by. And like I said, I wasn't looking for a good woman. I was looking for the right one. Big difference. You, you know. And one of my deals, hey, my deal right. breaker was I asked each person as I'm chatting, if it were possible, and I wasn't saying they had to do this, I was like, if it were possible, consider a 24-7 marriage um, if it were possible. And, of course, I got called all kinds of names over that. I, called, I got called controlling. I got called this. I got, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want um, – what I didn't want was a bait and switch. I didn't want to believe one way, get married, and then say, oh, I would like to spend more time with you. No, that was, I'd rather find the right person. And so I didn't right. want to have to change the person. So mm-hmm. when, when I chatted with Sandy for the first time, I remember asking her that same question. And I remember her response was, I have never heard of that, but if that were even remotely possible, that would be awesome. 
I knew she was the one at that point. And that, that was in our first come. I just knew. I was like, that, that's because, I, like I said, God, I felt like God said she will stand out from everybody. And right. that was the one. I, I was like, that, I was like, I was hooked at that point. And, you know, and then within a few days, um, then when, when we talked on the phone, I was, I was head over heels then. <laughs> we, <laughs> so, so, you know, so but, yeah, I have a question. Um, so when yeah. people would ask, so, okay, so how, what is your description of mm-hmm. a 24-7 marriage? We're, we don't, we're never apart. See, we've been doing shows. Yeah. We've always work worked home? together. Yeah, yeah, um, we, we yeah. Well, like, like we, we work, everything we do, we work from home. We also do like food, you know, to help us stay afloat right now. In the evenings, we do food delivery. Um, well, we do it together. Mm-hmm. So, so when we pull up in people's driveway with their food, it's me, my wife, and our two kids. In a vehicle. Now we don't all go oh to the door. Gosh, just I me, love but. That. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Family, and we homeschool and, Christopher, eight-year-old, and and we've got a one-year-old Caitlin now. The pretty much, yeah, all family just, here all the time. And I t- and I tell people that I I don't I don't preach to live this way. I do believe that more couples need to spend more time together because, you know, we're writing a book called Broken Together that's really about how two people, when they marry, they're both broken. They just don't know it sometimes from their past. Right. So we're writing a book called right. Broken Together, a marriage book, and that's part of our passion and purpose is marriage stuff. So we're able to do this show, talk a little marriage on it too from time to time, and talk with some great artists like you. And then I, it's also helping give us confidence to go do what also God called us to do, and that's build a marriage ministry. Oh my gosh, I love that! Well, you guys have to let me know whenever your book is when you when your book is finished. I would love to read it. We oh, we, we definitely we will. Definitely will. I've got right now. I've got about fifteen thousand words written in it. So he does. He has written a lot already for it. Oh wow, that's incredible! You guys are a power couple. <laughs> We try to be, but, but a power couple that stays together. Because, you know, usually power couples, right. they do their own thing. You know, we're just a 24-7 yeah. power couple. That's awesome. And, you know, because we are a family show, we always like to bring our little 8-year-old on. You know, so we're going to – Sandy's going to get him on real quick. He awesome. always likes to ask one question. You know, again, we're a family affair. Right. I love that. She's getting. Okay, here's Christopher. How do you say what's your favorite food? My favorite food, chicken strips. I am a. I just had chicken strips right before I started talking. (laughs) And what's yours, Lopez? Oh, pizza. You like pizza? I like pizza too. Pizza is my <laughs> second favorite. Christopher. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> see you later, he buddy. A, <laughs> he comes oh, and goes. Oh, he's fast. so cute. <laughs> I love it. I love it, it, you guys it, do that. And you know what? I've always been taught that you um, that you inspire purpose and passion to, into your kids by allowing them to see you live yours. And that's what I think we're doing mm-hmm. with you. I think that's amazing. I think that's so cool. I think my, my 
my dad is my mom my mom was a great businesswoman as well, but mm-hmm. my dad inspired me so much. Um <laughs> he owns his own businesses and he you know, mm-hmm. he was a business owner by the time he was twenty one years old and and uh mm-hmm. and he's just so intelligent and he's so strong and he's always kept us a close knit family. You know, it was always wow. You know, mm-hmm. it was always about about our family. We did everything yeah. together, and you know, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't tolerate he didn't tolerate the fighting with me and my sisters. And you know, he was very much just like you protect your family. You know, that's your blood. Yeah. Like it comes first always. And so, um, I look up to him so much for that. And um, my parents, I think, were great role models as to how I want to raise my kids. You know. And I think that, that you awesome. guys are being great role models as well, and you should be very proud of that. Well, thank you. So tell um, us a parent well. story where they, where you, you knew they believed in your dream. Oh, you know, it was kind of rough with me and my parents. Um, mm-hmm. At the beginning, just because we were, uh, we were a softball family. So we all <laughs> played um, elite, like select softball, the best teams in our area. And, mm-hmm. And um, we were gone every single weekend at tournaments, and we all played for the same mm-hmm. organization. And, and um, you know, we were doing college college exposure tournaments when we were 16 years old. So we, oh, wow. we had D1 schools, like, looking at us when we were in high school, just start, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, mm-hmm. just start in high school. So it was, uh, it was very intense. And my, both of my mm-hmm. sisters went to college on scholarship, and I decided to turn mine down to pursue mm-hmm. to pursue oh, music. Wow. So that was hard because that was something that they paid a lot of money for over yeah. the years. I mean, it's expensive. And uh and then mm-hmm. for me to decide that I didn't want to go to college and I wanted to pursue this music thing, it was rough. Um but then, you know, once they my my parents said, "You have 1 year to sign a record deal <laughs> or you're going to college." And within a year, I signed. I think like six months later, well, I signed well, my deal. Well, well, you know what? <laughs> I I just know why what why what happened with you. I know exactly why. You even though you signed the wrong deal, or at least you thought you signed the wrong deal, it was enough for your dad to see. This is real, right? So if that didn't happen, you'd be in college not doing this. Exactly. So wow. even though Definitely you so. may have thought, wow, wrong deal, you had to get a, at least you learned really quick that, okay, I got I to gotta go do me. But it gave you that foundation so that your parents get, could get behind your career. Right. I think it gave my parents, you know, because we're, we all, you know, everybody, my parents, they, they love me. They're my biggest fans, yeah. right? And they so, want the best mm-hmm. Yeah, the parents always love your children. They're biased, you know, and, and they're probably like, you know, think they're better than – they just see the greatness in them, right? But that yeah. doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they're actually that at, that great at what they're doing. Um, yeah. So I think that it was a little bit of a, okay, so we're not the only people that think she's really good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. it was kind of that. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, okay. It was a, yeah, a little bit of validation that, all right, it's not just us that think she has talent, you know? Um, and that that kind of came with, in 2011, I auditioned for American Idol, and that was one year out of high oh, well. school, right before I signed my mm-hmm. deal. And, and, um, and, uh, and here you are. 
I got through three rounds. And that oh, was wow. the first thing I ever did in, mm-hmm. in music at all. It was the first time I ever really sang <laughs> in front of anybody. And so wow. that was another thing that was like, okay, if they think you're good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 um, so tell us. But yeah, they, they, yes. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. As you, as you know, um, when fans see you, they see you. They don't see the PR team. They don't see the managers. They don't see the producers. So it, it's almost like you do all this. So, and I always like to give the spotlight to the teams because I think they don't get any spotlight on anybody else's show for the most part. Sure. So tell us a little bit about the team around you um, so that people can get an idea of who they are. Oh, my gosh. My team is amazing. Um, for a really long time, I did everything by myself. And um, mm. I became very overwhelmed, and it became <laughs> detrimental. Um, and and mm. so I finally kind of had to have to have that moment where it's like, okay, Lexi, for like, you have to give somebody else the reins, or you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. I was a little bit yeah. too confused, mm-hmm. afraid it would go wrong. So, um, mm. so then uh, I met my booking agent, Brittany Adams, who owns BA Entertainment. We've been working together for four years. She's absolutely incredible. She's out of Ohio. And then um, my digital marketing and um, web design guy, Nick Simmons, owns a company called Whole Brain Digital, um, and he's out of the St. Louis area. And then um, Kurt Simshauser is my full-time photographer. He's out of St. Louis area as well. Absolutely incredible. We've been working together for two years. Um, and then uh, my producer, Andrew Capra, is in Nashville. And, my gosh, I just hired an, <laughs> I just hired an assistant. Her name is Madison. She starts today. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's cool. So wow. she's going to be amazing. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I honestly, here, I have one thing. Oh, I, have a, I have a bunch of things. But one thing that's very mm. important, oh, and then my PR firm is Core PR, and <laughs> Kerrigan and Anna and Dawn, yeah, they're, they're incredible. Awesome. Uh, oh, my God, oh, they're yeah. so great. And um, I have one thing when I start to work with people that I mm. always ask. I always ask something personal, and I try to mm. open it up for a, a conversation like we're having right now. Because if yeah. I don't connect mm-hmm. on a personal level with them, I will not work with them. And I that's understand that. Because yeah. I, I love to, ha- I want to have pers- a personal <laughs> relationship because that is mm-hmm. when people really become invested in what you're doing yep. and really care. Mm-hmm. And if you're just another number, you're gone as soon as those numbers drop. Yep. And, and that's it. Or you, beca- you, you fall to the bottom of the totem pole. And they don't, and, <laughs> it, you know, and I've had a bunch of bad management deals, um, mm-hmm. bad record labels. And that uh, the team that I have in place right now are like family to me. And Mm -hmm. I love one just as much as the other. And we could go, we could go kick it right now. I mean, we're like, (laughs) we're we're all friends and that's all I've ever wanted. And so I'm, I feel very, very blessed that I waited it out and I found the right team and we had pieced them together. I feel like we could do Um, that with you. I feel like we could kick it with you (laughs) after all this. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yes, I feel the same. <laughs> Definitely. I'll let you guys know when we're in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and we're moving Absolutely. to Nashville next year. Yes, yeah, sometime next oh year. Oh my hopefully. god, that's awesome! My booking agent Brittany lives in Nashville now, so that's who that I stay awesome. with. I'm in Nashville all the time when we're not quarantined in the house. Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm in Nashville uh, Monday through Thursday, and then I come back to oh, Illinois, wow. and I usually would play a show. I'd play a mm-hmm. show Friday, Saturday. I'd spend Sunday with my fiancé, um, and we did that a lot for a while, uh, mm-hmm. going back and forth. So, um, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, so I think I needed a break, and I needed time with him, and so I think this all mm-hmm. came at the right time. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. good. Yeah, so... Yeah, so so if you um, could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Um, well, I already fulfilled that. <laughs> my number one I, – I got, I got to write with my number one songwriter I wanted to write over anybody um, in oh, the wow. world. His name is Shane McAnally. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Is, yeah, I, I got to write with him. And mm-hmm. when we were shooting uh, a Netflix original series called West Side, that's streaming now on Netflix, y'all. So go check it out. Oh, wow. Um, oh, and awesome. uh, I got to write with Shane and Josh Osborne. And when the record label huh. I signed to Warner Brother Records at the time, and mm-hmm. when the record label came to me and they were like, if you could write with any two people, who would it be? <laughs> and I'm trying to think of realistic people, right? Like, okay, yeah. like who could I add? stars like anybody mm-hmm. and I was like okay so I put Shane McAnally number one Josh Osborne is number two and then I added <laughs> some other really great ones like Ashley Gorley and and, mm-hmm. and uh came back and Shane and Josh they said you're writing with them next week and I was like oh my oh, wow. god I was like in I was shaking and it was crazy so I got to write um a song with them called <laughs> you think you know someone and it's an incredible mm. song. It's available on Spotify. Oh, yeah. It's part of the West Side, the music soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, um, that so that was really that awesome. was amazing. It was a time I'll never Love forget, that. and I learned so much. And they're awesome. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I'm about to ask a question, and I'm all, and I, I have a purpose in the way I ask it, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. But if you had a magic wand, and what you were what you're about to say would 100% come true. Where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it this way, because I want you to open up and not just give me the, the artist's humbleness answer. I want the real answer because we asked that same question this past February made five years that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was. And the cool mm-hmm. thing is her exact answer is what she's living right now. To the T, she knew where she was going five years ago. And she made it happen. So I like to help artists open up their vision a little bit by telling that story. Because sometimes I think artists, they get in this rut. And they just, and they feel like, okay, I've got small goals. But I want to show them that in five years, look at what happened to Kelsey. And she was, uh, she was basically, nobody really knew who she was when we interviewed her. I think right. she, had a, she had a top 20. I think it's her, her first song just went into the mm-hmm. top 30. That's when we interviewed her. And now she's living to the T of what she told us. So where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I would find – I would be at my label home. Um, I would be signed 
to a label that believes in me, believes in my vision. Um, I will have an album out, a full album, country radio airplay, um, a national tour. I would be married to Indiana. I would have him with me. Mm-hmm. On the road, everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere I go. Um, I love that part of it. Awesome. Yeah, I would be financially stable and have myself set up to family around that time. Mm-hmm. And I would be content and happy. <laughs> love that. Love, love, oh, love great that. answer. Yes. So we've got two more questions for you. Um, if let's say you had a friend, now, now you kind of gave a little answer of this earlier, but I like to get a little more specific. Um, let's say you had a friend, you've heard them sing, and let's say that you could tell there's something really special about this person. And now this would be pre-COVID advice, you know. So don't worry about COVID. Just pre-COVID advice. Um, but let's say that they've got on stage, they've played maybe 10 or 20 shows, so they haven't done a whole lot. They're still getting their feet wet, but they got what every artist says when they get up on that stage. They look out, the crowd's cheering, and they just got that music bug, that stage come to you. And they, and they say, Alexandra, I've got it. I've got that bug. I feel like I'm supposed to do this for the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Oh, all right. I would tell them. See, I like to make it personal. I would tell. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, And I'm. Actual situation, I would really think before I. Mm -hmm. Um. Make sure that everything you say comes across in the right way. Um, But first of all, I would make sure, absolutely sure, that they understand what comes with it Mm -hmm. and that they feel capable to face those challenges and continue to be happy. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah. happiness is all that is all that really matters. Yeah. I mean, we you know, sure we all have our 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 down days. That's okay. That's okay to feel that and it's okay to feel it and live in it. Feel content and to feel like you're fulfilling your life's purpose. You're going to have to put up with a lot of crap. <laughs> and I don't think I really understood that. When people gave yeah. me that advice nine mm-hmm. years ago, I don't think yeah. I really understood it. And mm-hmm. so I would say that. And then if they told me I understand and I'm ready and I want this, mm-hmm. I would tell them that I would be here for them whenever they needed me. Ups and downs, downs when they come, ups when they come. Mm-hmm. And that I'll help them get through it. And then Mm -hmm. I would tell them exactly what I said earlier, to be authentically themselves. And if you are authentically yourself, you have no competition. So don't compare yourself to the people that are around you. 
because they're not like me. Yeah. There's only one of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that would be I, it. I, I love that. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So as we get to the last question, um, I always like to end on this note. Um, okay. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, that's a great – that one. That's a great <laughs> question. That's a really good question. Um, we built our show around I would that. Definitely, we I have, would say uh, that one. I would say that one, but I'm going to add another one in too. I wish mm-hmm. that more people would do what you just did because I think that's really cool. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, oh, let's see. I guess I wish that more people would do do um, ask more lighthearted questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Like I like like goofy stuff. You know, like goofy weird. Well, I, I ask you what you cur- I, I ask what, what what makes you quirky. So what what's quirky about yes, you? Remember? and I love <laughs> and I love that and I love that and not enough people ask me questions like that. Because I am, I am, if you listen to my music, and I know you guys have heard Dive Bar Dreamer, but the rest of my record that's going to be coming out here soon, and I have another Mm -hmm. single that's coming out in June called I Kind of Don't. I'm a very emotional person, also a very emotional writer. So I think I come across in my music like I'm a a very serious person, and I'm not. (laughs) Like, I'm a goofball. Mm -hmm. And I I wish that that I was able to, to, um, I love being asked questions that let me really show that that side of myself so that I can give my fans more of that as well. And, and, so, yeah. and you know what's funny? What's funny is that question that we asked, the last question, one of the answers we got, and this was probably within the first few weeks of us doing the show, um, where one of the girls says, I wish people would just ask what's quirky about me. And Sandy and I said, oh, we love that. You know, so it's been in every question. It's been in everyone that. since yeah. then. And um, now, granted, I change it a little bit for a guy. When when I'm interviewing a guy, I don't ask him what's quirky about you. I ask him what's yeah, unusual about you. Your... Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And I think that <laughs> I think that if I were going to say what's unusual about me, it would be different than my answer to quirky. <laughs> Because I think that I think that what makes me unusual is the way that I look at at the world mm-hmm. and the way that I look at things. Mm-hmm. I've just always felt since I was a kid that I look at things very differently than the people around me, Same and here. I've just picked that up. I've just picked that up over the years in the way that I have mm-hmm. discussions and conversations with people, and I think that maybe that's why I'm able to write songs. Um, in the way that that I can and and, and be able to connect, because mm-hmm. I just look at things a different way. Um, I just don't take things for face value. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's something that's kind of unusual for me, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't meet a lot of yeah. people like that, and I wish I did. But c- circling all the way back to the first part of this conversation, I think that if I did, I would be just like you, standing outside. Talking to him for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And that's a great note to end on. So tell everybody 
how and we love this. I could go we could go on all day long, I'll be honest. But shows always gotta end. The, 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 I don't know how many people will actually listen all the way through, but you know what? I think anybody that does will get a kick out of this one. <laughs> no more. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And and so tell everybody how they can reach you. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, you can reach me at www.alexandrakofficial.com. All of my social media handles are at Alexandra K Music. Um, they're all the verified with the little blue check mark. And um, if you guys want to send me a text message to win, I'm giving out 20 Dive Bar Dreamer EPs um, that I made myself since COVID-19 has pushed everything back. And um, all you guys got to do is text the word giveaway to 615-235-5743. Love it. I love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, guys. God bless you both. And, um, and I'll, I'll let, I'll let you, you guys know when we're in Georgia. <laughs> Sounds good. And we'll let you uh, know yeah. when we're to Nashville. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. All right, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, have a good one, guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, thanks. Bye. Thanks, Andy. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed um, the show today. She's really awesome. Go look her up. But But we've got two shows for you tomorrow. So we're looking forward to bringing you two more artists. Talk to you then.